Hello, and thank you for joining us on another episode of Why Theory. As always, I am your host, Ryan Angley, joined as always by co-host Todd McGowan. Todd, how you doing, buddy? Good, Ryan. Nice to talk to you today. Nice to talk to you as well. And today we are talking about Casablanca, which... Um, Kind of an, in, an inadvertent episode, right? Because I, I happened yeah. to say something last time. <laughs> That's right. You happened to you 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 withheld something from me and our loyal listeners, and then we had to do a whole episode about it. So so uh, because just like uh, Lucille Bluth, you get off on being withholding. That's what, that's, that's, what, right. that's, that's what's <laughs> that's happening right. here. Um, but this uh, so this is interesting because I think. Um, Casablanca, not a Christmas film at, at all, but it, it is like often on television in December because that's, that's when right. it happens. In the, right. So obviously you, Todd and I have fondness for Christmas films. Uh, so this is uh, Christmas adjacent, uh, uh, I, I think, is so that fits in with some of the other stuff we've done. But uh, no, we're just happy to uh, to to talk about a, um, a classic Hollywood film. Now, if because sometimes this happens when we particularly when we do. Um, episodes on uh, media objects if this is the first time that you've listened to us this is not a review podcast uh th- and it's not a uh, film history podcast so um we there th- th- we're gonna we're gonna dive into um the uh sort of the theoretical uh and uh, narrative uh implications of what happens in the film looking right. more at less less or the form too right the f- the form. Ex- yes yeah. yeah 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 so yeah so we'll do that so so that i think that's that's a nice way to, to think about it so we're looking at like form uh theory and and uh and narrative and right. uh, because i mean i love this movie i think it's great i think learning about the history of it is super fascinating like the, yeah you it's know, interesting for sure yeah for sure you know the we, we mentioned in the previous episode the sort of myth of the film's ending which is supported like that it, that they were made it up as they went along which is supported by two lines of dialogue in the film itself and also by the fact that um warner did want the ending changed, but not like in the way you might think just to make it more like the dates in the film more accurate because of uh, like current events in the war. Because uh, Morocco had already been taken by the allies. Is that correct? That's, ex- that's exactly right. Like, like two weeks after the, or two weeks before the film w- w- would have taken place, you know, something like that. But like, yeah. so anyway, so we're not going to uh, get into that. It's all very interesting. I did mention the uh, Julius Epstein being uh, Theo Epstein's uh, father, giving short shrift to Lesby, Leslie Epstein, a uh, longtime uh, uh, poet. And he does the MFA program at, uh, at uh, BU. And somebody told me uh, that he is the first person to have, have uh, said, like he coined the idea of you, you're supposed to read Swan's Way before bed. It's like, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, I, I even huh. saw this somewhere because someone, because someone. So, what's his relationship to Theo? That's his dad. Oh, his dad. Okay, I see. Yeah, I see. Yeah. So yeah. you pointed out the grandfather, and then and the grandson, and the grandson, right. but not the the, the not middle. Not the yeah, yeah, yeah gotcha. right. Not the middle. Gotcha. So, uh, so I gotcha. wanted to I wanted to sew, sew that one up. So um, let's okay. So now the thing that Todd left out in the last episode was Rick Boothby, friend of the show. I mean, friend in real life, friend of the show, uh, who has apparently just a. Uh, you know, an earth shattering take. Earth shattering. Yeah. That, yeah. yeah. Life changing. I thought, okay, but you're going to hold off on that again. We're going to No, And I want to be clear. I also don't know it at this point. You do not know. That's right. I'm watched the film, you know, in preparation for the show. I've, I've got some, I'm churning out hot takes and I'm ready for them to be obliterated by Rick. So we're going to kind of move through, uh, sort like, um, well, let's start here. Okay. Just to say Rick's generosity. He's like, it's like no, this is just like a 
typical Todd McGowan take. So you could just take it as your own. And I'm like, yeah, no, I can't. I can't. That's it's not. Well, it's not a typical Todd McGowan take. So cite your sources. You know, yeah, it's nice. Yeah. It's nice. Uh, both 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 of you in good form on this one. So um, let's take a look at the. So I'm gonna. I want to start here with uh, taking stock. It's just such a famous film. We're not even gonna describe the plot, the plot um, right. the, uh, at all. Um, but just an arc of the narrative at the, at the, uh, as Zizek likes to say at the naive level, or we'll say this at like the, at the surface on a first approach, because the film is confusing, especially politically. I mean, the first time I saw it, I was like 12 or 13. And like, I had to, my parents, I had to have my parents explain to me like, well, wait a minute. Why is the, um, why, why is the guy that clearly has a crush on Rick? He, why is he kind of a good guy, but he's with the Nazis? I don't understand. That's Claude Rains' character, right? Renault. Um, and the like because of its Vichy France, and that's just like it was just difficult, right? But, so, I mean, um, I, I think that's worth mentioning, right? That, yeah. that there's this incredible. Con- it's not clear at all, and I think even to show it in class today, you have to mm-hmm. give a little background to students about what Vichy France was, the relationship mm-hmm. between occupied France and Vichy France and free France. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and then and then relationship to the Nazis. So I think that's I, it is an interesting choice. But I, don't you think what's what is interesting about it is that it introduces these layers of, I don't know, mediation or prohibition mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. otherwise wouldn't be there. Like you're, and it, it's kind of a you're always in a gray area when you're in mm. Casablanca, right? Like you're yes. not yeah. directly under the Nazi rule, so no. they can't just act. They can't just come up and shoot you. Although you that, get the sense that they might do that, but they, yeah. they'd rather not, right? So well, so, it's the. To, well, just to jump in on that, like yeah, one yeah. of the things that's really, really interesting is um, the the Nazis in the film don't uh, break the law. They bend the situation to the point that they do things which to us are, at, as, as a viewer, are at the very least an ethical violation, but are um, a, a, a broken agreement or break the, breaking the law. But it's, 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 it's pretty fascinating because they don't just go up and kill Victor Laszlo, which they could do, but they want to, they want to apprehend him, uh, in, within the, the bounds of basically like bureaucratic. Of the law in Vichy France, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's an interesting thing, right? Like they don't say like, oh, here's an escaped prisoner of the Reich. (laughs) They even call him that. Um, and we got him right now. So (laughs) we're taking him back. They don't, they just don't do that. And that is, I mean, clearly they would have, right? If they were in, in, in yeah. unoccupied France, they and they saw uh, someone had escaped from a concentration camp, they would have just taken him back, right? Like, they, right? In like, so that's a that's a just we have to suspend our disbelief on that. But it is, I think, it's fascinating that 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 the that the film wants that to be the situation, right? It doesn't want yeah. them to be able to act with impunity. They have to have some quasi constraint on their action and that mm-hmm. constraint then enables a certain dynamic a certain action a certain deployment of desire that would otherwise not be there that and that is the that is the the perfect word the watch word this is like like uh what what i i mean it, you know it's not just me there uh, uh other 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 folks who uh study narrative um are like are are big on constraint and so right. for like, right. for, for like, for me, constraint is always 
it's a, a constraint is not an obstacle. It is a, it, it, a constraint should be uh, productive, right? Like it, right. it's, and, and, and I, and when I say obstacle, I mean, it's like, Oh, well now we can't do this thing. It's like, no, the constraint is the condition of possibility for like, for like I, overcoming it, going around it, subverting it, um, you know, finding some, some way around it. And usually in a, in narrative, just to keep it uh, sort of general uh, constraint occurs at four levels. Uh, uh, well, three that are affected by the other one time, space, and character to so constrained in some way. And space, I think, is the most interesting constraint in the film. Uh, right. it, it feels claustrophobic. A lot of the film does. You, you, you're in different rooms in, in Rick's, or you're just in different uh, rooms and restaurants in Casablanca. You're like, rarely outside, right? Rarely, because, rare yeah. outside. And when you are, there's the searchlight, the spotlight, right? Right. right. Uh, from the, 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 the tower, the, um, you know, uh, Nazi tower. I don't know to keep it keep it simple. Um, the though not accurate necessarily to the film, but the yeah. So those there. It's the constraint on those levels, like like either like number of characters or like what characters can do, and there has to be some constraint of time. Things have to be urgent, uh, or else right. you know then you can just sit around and, and and wait for letters of transit to come in, uh, and there's no. Uh, you know, there's no no exigence, no reason for it to happen the 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 way that it does. And then if you if the space is not constrained in some way, then you can just hang out and be fine and and free, and there's no there, there's no problem. And so the fourth level of narrative, which affects the other three, um, I mean they all affect each other, but is the um is is the event. And I kind of lean a little bit on Bichu when I when I think about this because what we want is not like event in a casual common sense phrase like these are like like events right. in the narrative we want kind of he doesn't necessarily do capital e event but that's what we're looking for well, he kind of does i think kind of yeah yeah i sort of would say that yeah 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 so we want we want capital e event the 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 thing that uh changes the situation that introduces a possibility that could not have existed before and i think isn't the uh, event the arrival of victor and ilsa in Casablanca. Specifically, Ilsa, I right. think I would right. say. I think right. if it's Victor, it's whatever. There's no no right. No, I agree, but yeah. but don't you yeah. think it's specific? I think he is important because he adds to the dynamic. Like if if she mm-hmm. was just there, if she just came to Casablanca alone, she would mm-hmm. have ex- explained the situation to Rick, and then they'd have gotten yeah. back together, and then it'd yeah, been yeah, great. Yeah. Right? Uh, that's that's right. That's right. No, no, you're right because he he introduces that character constraint. Uh, right. That's, uh, right. Yeah. That's, that's like, totally she can't just run into Rick's arms and say, Oh, great. I'm, I'm, I, you know, sorry about fr- uh, France, but you know, yeah. now it's going to be great. No, that can't happen because of Victor. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So in this, and that's exactly, so, okay. So this is perfect that we've got, we kind of went into the, um, excuse me, uh, a little bit of a analyzing the film to, to get to what I would, uh, was starting to say like a few minutes ago, which is like, what's the sort of like the naive overarching look at the film. Yeah. And yeah, the naive, yeah. And what the naive overarching look at the film is that you've got this character, Rick Blaine, uh, you know, Humphrey Bogart, like who moves from, uh, being very selfish to being, and cynical and cynical to being unselfish. Right. right. And, and, uh, that's true no matter what take of the, of the film that you can have. So like, right. so I think, I think it is important yeah. to think of that as the base level of the yes. film, which is interesting. Cause that does, link it to the Christmas film as, you know, the Christmas film is, as we talked about three years ago or whenever, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. fundamental critique of cynicism, right? Like yes. that's the, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. the basic driving thing there. Uh, so it, what I find 
cool is that he he makes this move from cynical subject to engaged political actor, and then it, yes. he he brings. It's as if his move, like uh, Louis Renault, Claude Rains is is like on his shoulders, right? Like he brings yeah. him along yeah. with him into that position. So I, I, that to me is what it shows is right that that the seeing someone else do something like it, mm-hmm. it, it, it opens up a possibility that wouldn't yeah. necessarily exist. And so I think that that's, I mean, in a way that's kind of what the film itself is doing, right? Like the yeah. film is showing this to open up the possibility to ev- to other people out that are mm-hmm. watching the film, just like mm-hmm. we see what happens in the film, the way Rick does it. And then it opens up the possibility for Louie to do it. So I think there's yeah. a kind of like, what happens on the level of the content is also happening formally to the spectator. Yeah, I think that's really, really great. And it's also a, like, we end with Rick um, activating, uh, if, if yeah, uh, uh, Renault um, politically, uh, because they both in different ways, like, uh, say, you know, say they're neutral, uh, or, yeah. or, you know, I don't, I don't stick my neck out for nobody. Uh, yeah. and, uh, that's, you know, Louis Renault, like Renault the whole time he's proving to the Nazis that, you know, he has no, he has no real love for France. Like he, he's, right. he, he right. goes the way the, I mean, that he even uh, says this, like whichever the way with the, the wind, wind. Yeah. I blow yeah. with the wind. And if the yeah. wind should blow in another way, and then he kind of tries to punt that. Right. And so he, uh, but they both of them kind of test each other in the film, uh, politically speaking, right? Like it's the, um, cause Renault has this scheme that was toned down. I think like the, the, um, the Hayes office, uh, uh, asked the film, to, here's a little bit of history, right? <laughs> to tone down. Cause it's implicit that what Renault gives letters of transit for sex. Well, not letters and, of transit, but like passes. Cause the letters passes. of transit are just those special things that, um, okay. That Peter Laurie stole, right? Like right. The, okay. The, okay. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 No. Very good. Yeah. So, and that's the. So that's implicit, and it's it's better that it's implicit because it's the line, <laughs> that line that's so good from one of the the uh, the the women who's trying to trying to escape. That he sa- says that um, sh- uh, she and her husband met with uh, with Renault, and Rick says, "Well, oh, Renault's getting very broad minded, <laughs> right?" So. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. it, you know which is just sort of the um it, again right. the the to t- I, to talk about constraint the you know the Hayes office like inst- uh people wrongly I, I yes it was literally a censorship office but the way that it plays out in the film is that it issues a kind of it, it uh injuncts a constraint that the best of the films of this period like found very creative ways to, to right to right work like like yeah. like it's a it's a creative office, right? Absolutely. Like, yeah, like exactly, especially exactly. in Casablanca. We'll talk about another scene later where this is even more true. But mm-hmm. I think that's absolutely right, that it is a totally creative office. Like the constraint, just like the whole thing you're talking about, about constraints, like that's what the Hayes office does, is yeah, that they issue yeah. constraints that then have a fecundity to them. And I, I think this mm-hmm, one is a mm-hmm. really important one, that we have to have these allusions to... Louis, and then we get this, and I mean, I think maybe the first hint, right, that Rick, there's something else going, there's two things, right? So he lets, and we'll talk about this a little bit later too, he lets Victor go ahead and play La Marseillaise. He tells yes. the band to go ahead. exactly. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. he he helps the woman, her her husband, I guess, they're married, yeah. 
yeah, the win money at roulette, and then so that she doesn't have to sleep with Claude Rains in order for them to to escape. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Morocco. So that that it seems like those are the hints that he's going to become a politically committed, or he was in the past. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to think he was before, right? Yeah, running. He fought in the Spanish and, Civil yeah. War mm-hmm. on the loyalist side, and so mm-hmm. I think that that. And then those are the hints that he's he's again moving in that direction. But those are pre, the moment where he has the the big uh, conversation with, with Ilsa, where everything gets you know the whole he he understands the past in a new way, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, which he has to to stop being a cynic because what happened right. with them in That's Paris right. moves him like like. Uh, makes him uh, apolitical, right? Which is like a very selfish and uh, like an, an inward uh, reaction to having been uh, jilted basically. Right. And I, think I mean that. Yeah. Yeah. What yeah. do you think? Of, what do you think of that? Like, I think the, the yeah. isn't the idea of the film mm-hmm. that unless you're open to love, you mm-hmm. cannot be a open genuine political actor. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's, a, I think it's great. Yeah, I yeah. agree. I agree. I think I that's think exactly. So it's, it's yeah. fascinating because for, for you mentioned him, Alain Badu for Badu, there are these four different truth procedures. Love and politics are two of them. The other two are science yeah. and art. But what's interesting is he doesn't, there's a kind of a like an apartheid in mm. Badu's thinking. Like there, it's one never infects the other. Like your 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 the love event doesn't lead to a political event. It's just a love mm-hmm. event. It's just within that truth procedure. But I think what Casablanca's suggesting is that if you're not open to that event in love, then you're not going to be open to it in politics or art either, right? Like that, mm-hmm. I mean, the film's not about art, but... but No, that, but he allows, I, he allows uh, the um, Le Marseille to go, go through. I think it's... Right, I think there that, we go, that, there we go. That works as there well, we absolutely. That's right, that's right. It does yeah. work there, right, right. Mm-hmm. And But that's, is that an artistic act? That seems like it's much more a political act, right? Well, that's like, true. La Marseillaise is not like a great work of art. Well, <laughs> okay, for... But it's that it's that um it's that that um the 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 overlap that that right. Baju doesn't have in his his system and, and the, but that's what the the film is doing is it, it's, right. it's threading right. together the like the 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 artistic the political and and love as as being these three things that are like for the for for Casablanca like what is the film arguing that that um much 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 more so on the political side yes 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 but that these three things are uh, inseparable like you can't like I mean it's, I mean like you know. Uh, uh, Sam, like music, it's like such a huge part of the film. I, 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 I agree, so, and I, but don't you, you think? What isn't it? What's fascinating is I think that usual most filmic depictions show mm-hmm. politics and love at odds with each other. Even yeah, I think that is right. like if you, for instance, wasn't there a movie about um, James Carvel and Mary Madeline that 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 <laughs> political yeah. couple? I don't I don't know yeah, what the movie yeah, yeah. is, but but like. That Did you call him? In, I've only only heard it Carvel, but you named him like the cake, which I really really like, and I think Carvel, you should be calling him no, that. No. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's wrong. I think yeah. I did. I think I confused him with the ice cream. With the ice um, cream, yeah, you totally yeah, ice did. cream that's cake, great. but yeah, yeah, yeah. which is James far Car- superior Carvel. to him. Yes, um, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, but uh, I I would I could go for a Carvel today, but um, yeah, well, yeah, think about but, it. But uh, doesn't <laughs> exist in Vermont. But um, uh, I I I I um. I, I would just say that like that kind I forget the name of that stupid film but and I didn't see it but the, I think <laughs> well how about just let me give you let's give you a film of the era do a better one yeah yeah Adam's rib 
Right. There you go. There you because go. Because politically, I was gonna, yeah, good, politically good. they're on opposite sides and they need the love to ameliorate it, but it puts the politics aside. On the back It doesn't do them at the same time. Right, right, right. Exactly. And I was thinking too, because that is other truth procedure is science. Is it mm-hmm. bringing up baby about the way love and oh, yeah. science are opposed to each other? So yeah, it yeah, is yeah, interesting yeah. how most films really try to do kind of what Badu does to separate to say these truth procedures are separate. I mean, I think typically in Hollywood, it's ideological because they funnel mm-hmm. everything into romance and mm-hmm. then they, they show how the political has to be put, you know, romances comes first and then mm-hmm. politics is put to the side. But I think mm-hmm. what this film doesn't do that at all, right? Like it's a, no. I think it could have only been made in a very brief window, right? Like I think earlier mm-hmm. it's, well, in the 30s, you could basically couldn't make a Nazi, anti-Nazi film because you would be offending half of the American audience. I, this is so untalked about, right? That, that, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that like half of the country was pro, was pro Nazi, right? So that's a you know now they're mm-hmm. just the universal villains. But um, but well, except after, if, uh, if, except it's the New York Times and they're making a you know an essay about the you know just the Nazi next door. He's just a regular guy. Like you know why don't we think about that anyway? Continue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but but I think later you could later what Hollywood would do would do what we just talked about, like immerse the po- like the politics has to be jettisoned for the for the love. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I find this a, it's kind of in a sweet spot during World War II, and I I really think that they're that they you know they they it, it's it's it does stand out for that. I wonder if that's why people love it so much that it mm. does it does bring those two together in a way. I don't know that any other Hollywood film does so much. You know, yeah. the only one I can think of is, do you know this? And it's not, I think it's British and mm-hmm. it's directed by a South American guy, a, a constant gardener. Do you know that film? Mm-hmm. With I do, Ray yeah. Fiennes and, and yeah. uh, Rachel Weisz, like that, that same thing, like his love leads him to be more mm-hmm. politically engaged, right? Mm-hmm. It's not, it doesn't, it's not like, oh, you got to retreat. No, it's the opposite. And I think yeah, that's I, true for Rick. Well, I mean, it's especially true for Rick and for Elsa. Well, I think that it's usually like I I, I would say that uh, it's. I mean, maybe this. So so this film av- avoids what I'm about to say uh, in that in the final scene because when when Rick says uh, we'll always have Paris, we didn't have it, but we got it back. Right. Is is that like what I think? Um, the more common thing would be to like, as, as you said, like, like someone would have to give up one to have the other. Correct. And so it's either they're there and, and it's like, Oh, are the like, well, it's for the greater good. So that's why like, and you could say like, well, that's what Rick does. He gives up his love for, for, for the greater good. But it's, I, I think wrapped into something that I want to talk about right now. One of the things that's really great about the film is I think it has a take on the, uh, manic pixie dream girl type relationship. Yeah, that, yeah, um, it's really that good. I, it's really yeah, good. that y- y- you, you know, want to explain like, that concept because I, n- not everyone probably. Yeah, sure, knows. sure. So this this is like um, I think um, almost we don't famous. have to explain Jewissance or whatever. But we have to explain. <laughs> I know we don't got to do that, but I'll do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, almost famous is a pretty good example. I think that it's arguable that the film maybe avoids the worst of the trope, but I do think some, that Cameron Crowe often gets uh, labeled as as indulging in this. Um, without, without a, without a take or, or pushback on it, but, but just the idea that, um, 
you know, there uh, a a a man who is the center of the film, young man, falls in, in love with a with a woman who is just a total free spirit, and she takes you know takes him out of his shell, and and she's just like you know like par- like it's just there's parties, and 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 you know she's just like really really like either like really depressed or it's like way up high, but she and she's just like this uh th- this this unknowable object that of fascination and the in I, I use the word like the objectification that comes here in in happens because these characters are not uh granted uh interiority these women right. are not granted uh, like any kind of interiority that is like of any interest to the to the man who is pursuing them in the film don't you and, think can yeah. I, I just interrupt don't you think yeah. uh eternal sunshine of spotless mind he's drawn to her um, mm. The Jim Carrey is drawn to the Kate Winslet character for this reason, but then it flips it because yes, because then then we kind of get everything from her perspective. So yeah, I I think that's a pretty good example. I think also um, I think uh, Five Hundred Days of Summer toes the line on this. Yeah, like I I think it, um, or at least like the. the it seems I, I think that film is a condemnation of the care of the perspective character in the movie thinking Zoe Deschanel is uh, the the manic pixie dream girl. Like that's what that's right. what I think is going right. on right. in the film. Right. But right. then the film kind of ends in like supporting the Joseph Gordon Levitt character, and I don't know how much exactly he's learned. So I think it, I don't know that it, it follows its own like lesson or reading on that. But right. like what you see in Casablanca, like what I think is what, what is the great take is that Rick falls in love with, with Ilsa because he thinks that she's, they, they deliberately like ask me no questions, tell me no lies. Right. Like right. it's just like he right. deliberately, they know nothing about each other. Really. They just have fun with each other and he falls in love with her and this like fun her like he falls in but love with this fun but he is also a manic pixie dream girl for her right well that's ex- and that's exactly the take is that she in she enjoys it not being complicated because she has this tragic past she has right. this husband who is a political leader who she was vital in his political actions and she heard that he was killed and there and, and it's pretty clear that she just wanted things to be simple Right. Uh, for a period of time and really, really loved that. And then and so like that's why like, you know, Rick is just such such an asshole to her. Like, was it just was it just Victor Laszlo or were there other men in between or aren't you the kind that tells, you know, this like really this awful, uh, awful. you know, awful, awful thing yeah. that he says to her. And he has to he one. He has to get it's, it's not just about him. Is, right. is one thing that he has to that, that Rick has to understand. But like he also comes to understand in this film that he did not know her at all. Right. And that, um, the thing that they had was, it was only, it was really only special because they couldn't be together. And that's what sustains that, right. Uh, right. relationship right. as a, as a possibility, much better as a possibility than as a reality. So he, when he learns to like, like really like understand her as an intellectual I'd like to just to put it that way and and also to understand her as a political figure is right. when he is when he realizes that he like he didn't know this he didn't know this woman at all and so that's where I think it, like it has I think it has this night nice take on this trope that would emerge in film you know like 40 50 years later, 50 years later um, right yeah right, uh right. and like because that that's what it is it's right right it's 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 the it's the de- denial of interiority and then when, if films are 
contemporary films today like have to reckon with like okay if you want to avoid that and you have the male character uh in in that relationship because uh, it's usually heterosexual uh, as it plays out is um it when you have him confronted with the interiority of 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 the, the other figure like what happens after that that's the that's the key to like whether if you have a take on manic pixie dream girl or you're just kind of using it like right. as, as a trope right. to to right. generate uh a, you know plot drama or intrigue which i think <laughs> this film nicely avoids and it avoids right because when he yeah. when he finds out he completely changes his whole mode of subjectivity changes right mm-hmm, like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i think that's a crucial thing and i think that so i just want to talk first before we talk about this because this happens a little bit before um mm-hmm. The scene where Lamar, where Victor goes up, and so the, I don't know what are the, the Horst Vessel song is that what the Germans are singing? I can't remember. I think that's yeah, you'd, what it you'd is. know better than I would, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but they're singing. But what, so it's not the. I don't think it's it's not Deutschland über alles. So it's not the national anthem, but it's like a kind of a, a Nazi theme song, I guess. And I think it so, was California Uber Alice by the Dead Kennedys, but I could be wrong. <laughs> you think that was it? Huh? Yeah, I think that, uh, I think that was it. Yeah. 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 Um, so, so, um, so, so Victor goes up to the band. Rick gives them the okay so that, that mm-hmm. they can play La Marseillaise. He goes, play La Marseillaise. And it's interesting. So I, I once was teaching this film and I, mm-hmm. I talked to the, I said, told the students, I said, this is a great political moment, right? Like it, like it, like we get this, Oppre- the, the oppressors playing their thing and all the mm-hmm. people, even the people that have gone over to the side of the oppressors, mm-hmm. like the woman who said, who had slept with Humphrey Bogart and then says, vive la France after the, mm-hmm. after La Marseille. Right. She started ends. dating one of the Nazis. That's she started dating a Nazi, but yeah. even though, and even, but here she, 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 she joins the, the group um, that's resisting. And so I think it's a, a kind of fascinating political moment around this, anthem and it, it remind you know what it makes me think of it makes me and mm-hmm. of course curtis and the makers of the film couldn't have thought be thinking this mm-hmm. but it made me think of the way in which because they're they're singing la marseillaise to the french saying mm. do you see how you should be on this side right you mm. victor saying like you should be on my side and it reminds me of the so when the when the french troops when napoleon sent the french troops to haiti Mm-hmm. The Haitian troops sang La Marseillaise to the so the French troops heard in their ear like from the distance they heard mm-hmm. their own national might have been not have been the national anthem yet but like a revolutionary song yeah yeah being sung by the enemy right so that yeah very that. interesting I mean it's very interesting although I will to to support a potential I mean probably not consciously thought of but i mean there is the like the liberty uh equality fraternity like you you see that uh in the film like that's that it's a it's a banner somewhere early in the in the movie yeah but you so, know what it you know but interestingly it's i think isn't that on the Pétain it is picture yes. yeah so it's, so a, it's <laughs> ironic right? so it's yeah. ironic right that that yeah. that so so but it's still showing how it's been betrayed right so yeah. then yeah the 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 marseillaise then gives this sense of of like this is what We've betrayed, but so I was teaching this film. Student mm-hmm. raised her hand. This is a good. It was an interesting point. She's like, "Yeah, yeah, I don't find anything radical about singing a, a hymn of a colonial power in the mm-hmm. in the nation that yeah. they've colonized." Nicely done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I thought that was pretty interesting. But I, I said, "Look, point. look, you know, my point." Then I just said, "Like, 
the Haitians sang it against the colonizers. Like the right. like the 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 song itself has no content, right? Like it can be deployed. Mm-hmm. It had a because it had it's the the moment of it is this revolutionary. It has this revolutionary kernel to it, and that's mm-hmm. what Laszlo is deploying, right? And that's what the yeah. Haitians were also deploying against the French. So I don't think I think what's nice about that is that it shows the French don't have a monopoly on their own national anthem, yeah. right? Like it, 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 they, they've lost touch with it, just like they've lost touch with, you know, uh, liberté, égalité, fraternité, right? Like they've, same thing, I think. Well, it makes it, it, doesn't it make clear the art and political form? Yeah. Like, yeah. like I think that, yeah. like that relationship, like this, this, the, the, um, the, the revolutionary currency of this is in its formal properties. It's not right. in the. It's, it's not in the content. It's not in that. It, that it's specifically uh, like French, even or sung by French people. Right. Right. It's you know. Right. It's it's in. It's it's this. Um, oh, 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 a word that I uh, that uh, a watchword of the podcast. It's in the, the spirit. Of right, the, of, right. The, of the thing, of the thing itself, the Geist. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. The yeah, Geist. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. right. No, that's right. And I think isn't that true. It's probably more true of music than other arts, right? Because mm-hmm. the content is always going to be much more abstract in music. But I think that that I think it's certainly true for music. Yeah. Um, well, you know this thing that like this is a slight slight tangent, but um, when I I love this thing. Okay, so there's a uh, there's a great song by the band uh, Tame Impala about a breakup, and it has this excellent line: um, uh, "I wish I could turn you back into a stranger." And I think that it's a great um, line. It's a great line. It's a great yeah. line. And I think it's one of these things that, like, when you listen to music, you first hear something. The way that it hits you is like, oh, I like or do not like this song, right? Or, and, but if you like a song, you hear it a lot. You can hear a song, listen to it a lot without, like, I, I um, you know, a lot of people, particularly the way contemporary music listenership happens, like, um. I, I, when students tell me to like, listen to something, they're like, ah, I don't really know the name of the song. I think this is the artist. And I'm like, Oh, what album? They're like, I don't know. I don't listen to album. Like, like the whole, like the whole thing is like very separated from the container, which these things come from. So what I'm, I say all this to say that like, you can have a, like a relationship with a song and you don't know who wrote it. You don't know where the album came from. You don't know its place and, 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 and where it did come from. Um, and it's this experience though. Sometimes you can know too much about an artist and you right. find out that they're a terrible person and then that changes everything and whether you want to listen to the song or not and what do you want as Tame Impala saying, I wish I could turn you back into a stranger. But you have this relationship with the form of the thing and that it's only, I think, through like investigating it further that you have a relationship to the content. And it's great when like the, the form is something you really love and enjoy and it feels, I don't know, maybe liberatory or, or, or just it, it resonates with you in some way. It's wonderful when it can also be like, I like this artist. They do cool yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. It sucks when it works the other way when you, oh, I don't know, learn, for example, that Prince's first wife was a woman that he became the legal guardian of when she was 15. Like, yeah, that's, that's bad. not yeah, it's not pretty great. bad. Like that's yeah, not, not. I'm great. sorry to everybody yeah. if you didn't know that about Prince. Yeah. Um, but like, like, but that's like because then you have to reconcile that or or put it away. Like uh, you know, so like those are, you know, those are things that are difficult. John Lennon beat his wife. You know, uh, 
So his first wife, Cynthia, like it's, it's hard. It's hard. So it's like it's a lot easier when you don't like know those things. You don't know those um, things right. at all. Right. But it, I think it requires, I, um, I think just what we're trying to do here, like there is this like theoretical attention that has to be paid uh, or obeyed to this like the form can exceed the content. That's right. I think and I, a, think, it, it, I like, think that's our, that's basically our point. And and I think right. that's and the I, point of the song in Casablanca. Like, I think it's a song in Casablanca, yeah. right? And yeah. but it's what's fascinating is that's Casablanca as a film as well, right? Like yeah. it's yeah. a ba- the story is kind of basic, right? But yeah. the yeah. way that it's the the formal structure of it. Mm-hmm. And I think what you said about the use of constraint really mm-hmm. it seems to me absolutely crucial. So the the mm-hmm. the big reveal Right, the mm-hmm. big where where Ilsa comes in and, and says it all to to Rick. It's interesting that says you know says it all is kind of like <laughs> does it all like they, they because yeah it is it is I think most people think it's a sex scene right because yeah so the the, the reason why they think that is so so Rick there's a Ilsa's, pretty pretty uh 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 tendentious cut in the middle tendentious of the conversation. Cut, right. So Ilsa yeah, starts yeah. to explain what happened. Mm-hmm. Then there's the two second, two seconds only cut. <laughs> and then the, the, the searchlight spins. Yes. And then we get back and then, and then Rick goes, and then, right. Yes, so, that's right. So, so, that's so, right. so, so, <laughs> and the, the couple things. So they're yeah. both dressed exactly like they were. So that's the suggestion. And Slavoj makes a lot of this, that they're, that this film allows for the innocent reading and mm-hmm. the the mature reading that they did have sex. So, yeah, so they yeah, yeah. so what's interesting is so they 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 wearing the same clothes, so they didn't have according to Hollywood codes, that means they didn't have sex. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there's a time gap there's a cut which suggests they there's did. And Rick yeah. is smoking a cigarette, which almost yes. always means yes. that they did have sex, right? Yeah. They're not lying. Yeah. They're not sitting on the couch, but they are in different positions, which suggests right. some time has lapsed enough time for them to, to do the bad thing. So I think that that, <laughs> I mean, to me, that really, uh, you know, that is such a key, it's such a, one of those great moments, just like you've been talking about where the, in this case, mm-hmm. the constraint of the haste code mm-hmm. forces them not to show it. And by not showing it, what's interesting is, it it also politicizes like it's all mm-hmm. isn't the suggestion there that it's it's this gap that politicizes Rick and politicizes the audience that he's that he's yeah. finally re-understood this gap within her in a mm-hmm. new way. So instead of relating to it as, oh, there's some mis- mystery behind there that is oppressive to me. Now he says like, oh, no, that gap is actually constitutive of who she is and that's her political being mm-hmm. and i have to embrace that i don't know I, I i so i think that that like the embrace of the two second gap the embrace of the gap within the person yeah seem, also seems to be really crucial to the politics and you know i don't know existential dimension of the film well it's like you can say you can also again alongside the the innocent reading and and the mature reading like it's um, and I, I think that you, what makes it so, as we'd like to emphasize, what makes it so properly, uh, dialectical is you need them both right? because right. It, if it's just, if it's sex that radicalizes Rick in the end, then 
I, I don't know. That's it's not that that's not that yeah, I mean, that's political, the, I don't think. No. Um but if it's it, like and Wilhelm if, Reich or something, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah if, right. Then then you know it, it's it's it sort of uh like loses the uh, I think it loses a little bit of the radical edge. Um but if, if it's simply a, a a a like he's intellectually moved to be political again, then I think it, you, you know, the film loses the romantic dimension. And I think where both of these come together is when she leans on Rick and she says that you need to do the thinking for both of us, for, both of for us. all of us, yeah. for all of us. And that's because when he lets, uh, like he arranges everything to happen to, to enable Victor and Ilsa to go at the same time. And so also, and then, you know, he shoots uh Strasser. Is that his name? The yeah. Nazi? Major Strasser. Yeah. Major Strasser. Like yeah. that was him. Like that was him thinking for all of us, as in like for the world, like for, for, for like the, for every, for, for the entire war effort for everybody that, and, and, and that is like his, so he has that, you know, that, um, the, the line that like the problems of, uh, you know, of, of three people little, don't amount three to people, right. Yeah, yeah. Don't amount to much. Uh, but as, um, Leslie Nielsen says in the naked gun, this is our hill and these are our beans. And like he embraces, I, I think his, his uh, position in that, like he has a unique position to do something personally that, uh, that benefits the universal. That's right. That that's like, right. And, that's that, right. that, and, and, and that's what that, and that's contained and concretized in her saying, you have to do the thinking for both of us, for all of us. And that's right. she doesn't, that's right. and the all doesn't mean her and Laszlo and him. It, it it's a political Means the whole world. All. Right. Yeah, right. exactly. Right. It's a, it's right. a politicized yeah. all. And yeah. I think that's, and that's, that's where the, like, he can only, he can only arrive at what he does through this, like almost impossible uh, connection between love and politics. And, and I, right. I think that's what, right. That's what makes right. it feel otherwise, really, really beautiful. Right. Uh, I think that's right. I mean, otherwise it would not be, possible right and i think that that like he wouldn't be able if he had just if he had just gotten engaged politically mm-hmm. he wouldn't have been able to accomplish the act that he did and he also wouldn't have brought louis over to his side i think that mm-hmm. so so mm-hmm. i think like like a politics without i mean i think this in a way this film is go, goes beyond so many other films politically right because it isn't it saying that a politics without love is cannot be a genuine politics. I think mm-hmm, that's the mm-hmm. idea like that because it wouldn't have that thing to motivate it. And it also would, tr- would like try to jump to, it would try to make a shortcut to the universal and not see the mm-hmm. way in which the universal is constituted through the singular. Right. Like, I yeah, think that's yeah, what, yeah. that's what she's saying in that, yeah. in that moment that, that mm-hmm. it's through your singularity and our singularity that we actually act universally. It's not by mm. repressing the singular right. that we right. discover, like we become political figures. And I think we both know, I'm sure everyone knows so many political actors for whom the singularity is precisely what they want to repress. And the pol- the political is they see as a respite from the singularity yeah. of subjectivity. And isn't it when you, isn't it when, when you see that out there, like someone, uh, doesn't that lead to false modesty? And it's, and it just, it's someone who, uh, I, I know we're going to talk about this in the next episode that we're going to do, which is on the uh, position of, uh, of enunciation, but right. it's like, um, I always think about, 
uh, Ricky Gervais, I like Ricky Gervais a lot. He got a lot of love for, I think he hosted the Emmys one year and it was just a, like a nonstop slam on Hollywood. Right. And that's what people loved about it. Yeah. And it's, the question is, from Where what did position, you, Ricky, did, right, did you did right. you do this? Right, <laughs> like, right, like, right. and and where and where were you talking from exactly? Where were where were you talking from? Like, right. and and was it able to undermine any of the things that you talked about, or is it just pretty much the same right now anyway? And right. and that's the thing, like like in the performance, like he was self deprecating, and so it seemed like oh he doesn't want to look good, but it's like. No, nah, he looked pretty freaking good, <laughs> like doing right. doing that. Right. And right. I think that like that's that's where the um that's where something that seems to aim at uh at, at everybody else outside of you it really does nothing so much as enlarge the individual ego. Like that's it. Like that's all that it does. Right, right. Which is which is why I again I think that's why the connection to love is so important, and and the way in which love is linked to this point of absence in the and other the, and. And it's absolute obliteration of cynicism. That's right. That's right. Which is, that's in the, that's in the Ricky Gervais thing. So that's the reason why I bring that up. Like, like it's a total, total cynical, cynical position is what supports that. It makes it seem like, oh yeah, he's totally above it. It's what, and and like, no. And like what happens in Casablanca is like, Rick's not above, he's in the beginning of the film, he's above everything. He's above politics. He's above right. personal loyalty, except to Sam. Like he's he's above all all of these things. Like he has this code that the, he need need nobody. He doesn't doesn't uh, drink with his guests, et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera. Right, right. He's uh, above. You know, right. I think that's right. Except there is the moment. The first time we see him, I think, like the first shot of him is his hand. He's signing a a check mm-hmm. or something, mm-hmm. and then remember he denies entrance right. of a of a Nazi. Yes. into the casino. So he is, right. he, you can that's see that there is this kind of political thing right. implicit, right? So yes. th- I think that's important, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a potential there. Potential, which is, right. Which, right. which um, he denies and needs to, but ha- it, like it is, uh, well, to, to, to perhaps misuse a psychoanalytic language, it is uh, latent and needs to be made manifest. Right, right. right. Like, I think that's know, right. Like, yeah, I think that's yeah. that seems right to me. I think that's right. Yeah. So, so Rick Boothy. <laughs> All right. Go. So now Todd is going to say, I I don't even know what you're going to say, but now you're going to just uh, make irrelevant everything we've just No, I don't okay. think so. I think actually no, 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 like mo- most of the stuff that we've said for so far, I think doesn't, th- this idea doesn't contradict them. So I'll okay. just give you the setting. So we go to, this is a kind of a tradition for us. We go to Rick and his spouse, Becky, to Okay, now when Thanks. Todd is talking about Rick, he is talking about his friend Rick. He doesn't think he's friends with Rick Blaine that's right, in real that's right, life. That's right. That's right. That's right. It's not Rick so Blaine. Just... It is Rick Boothby. Richard Boothby, <laughs> if you've only read his books. So mm-hmm. um uh anyway, so so we go there for <laughs> Sorry, I just wanted to make that clear that you got it's good. It's very good. Yes. Sorry, important yes. important clarification. Uh so we go for Thanksgiving and you know, the movie situation is just dismal. So on Wednesday night mm-hmm. before Thanksgiving we always go to a movie, but you know, what are you going to see? Luckily, mm-hmm. they have a couple of art theaters because Baltimore is a real city and not like Burlington, Vermont. And <laughs> and yeah. so we go to see, there's a late showing of Casablanca. So it's nine o'clock at night. I'm like, there's no way I'm going to be able to stay awake. But I didn't even fall asleep once. Uh, maybe dozed off slightly. But anyway. Uh, oh, d- d- you're being too honest. So so, so we, we come out of the film and Rick's like, I got a take on it. 
I'll, I'll give it to you tomorrow. So, okay, so here's the take. So it's this. It's that he thinks, and he, he, he said it in the guise of a way of explaining what, how he understands jouissance or enjoyment, right? Like, so okay. this, is what, this is his conception of it. So he thinks Rick experienced this incredible loss and suffering in Paris, right? Like he just, mm-hmm. and, and it, he experienced it as something thrust upon him. He didn't want it and he just suffered it, right? Mm-hmm. But then when he sends Ilsa away at the end, mm-hmm. he repeats the same mm-hmm. act. Like Ilsa goes away from him. He repeats mm-hmm. the same act. Except this time, and this is why this is an act for Rick of enjoyment, this time he embraces it as his own desire. And so this repetition where you, you take the, rather than experiencing loss as something done to me, mm-hmm. I enact the loss myself in a way that, politicizes me as well. He didn't mention this, but I think that's implicit in what we're saying and what he's saying. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that that is what allows me to enjoy. And so I said, isn't it interesting that it allows us to understand the most objectionable line of the film when mm-hmm. Rick says to Ilsa, you don't understand now, but someday you will. It's like, you think yeah. like, oh my God, it's so sexist. It's terrible. Yeah, but what a condescending thing. Yeah, So condescending. But if you understand it in Rick's way, Mm-hmm. then what he's saying is, well, you haven't yet. Someday you'll have to do what I'm doing now, like make this sacrifice of the thing that you've already lost. And mm-hmm. then you'll you'll understand how I'm actually replete with enjoyment in this mm-hmm. situation, even though it's devastating to me. This is still the, like, that's, the, that's what enjoyment is. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so I thought that was like, to me... It just made it clear why that ending has to be what it is. And we've talked before about how they knew what it had to be, um, how it has to be what it is and how what makes it so satisfying. You know, like, why yeah. would that mm-hmm. be satisfying? Because they don't end up together. She's off with this man she doesn't really love. Right. Who she and doesn't. Yet, very, very important. I don't think. I wasn't. I wish I was paying uh, better attention. Does she ever say she loves him in the film? I don't think she does. No, never once. Never once. Never once. Never yep. once. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah, anyway, yeah, please continue. She does yeah. say that to Rick, of course. She does say it to Rick. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, well, I think that's, I, I, so I think Rick's take is great. And I think that it, like, to, I, um, I, I'm glad that, that where you ended it, I think is also the, the thing, too, that, like, it's, uh, it's jouissance for both of them. That's right. right? And that's also, right. it's actually for all three of them. For because, all three like, of them. Or even four. And, even four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Louis then can then, like, he starts to drink the water, and then he can sacrifice that his own. I mean, he's Louis is basically sacrificing his own ego, right? Like his own. Yeah. Like he acts like a really like the whole comfort and safety. Right. Preserve my ego. Preserve my Mm -hmm. ego, and then he just throws that in the garbage. Yeah, yeah, and then and of course, like Victor is is going off to like he's going off to save the world with the woman who he knows doesn't love him. Right. And that, uh, and, 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 and what's interesting is the lie that Rick tells to Victor that, you know, she tried to persuade, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yes. Um, Victor knows it's a lie. I think he knows, absolutely knows. It's I think a lie. you have yeah, to think I, that. So, you have to think it that way. Yeah, absolutely. Right. right. 
Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's and the sacrifice on his part, right? Like he he says, like, I'll live with this, I'll I'll know that this is a lie. I'll live with this woman who's in love with this other other guy. Yeah. And that and but I but I, I need her to fuel my work and yeah. And in a like a practical way, it sounds like that like as well. Like it's not just that she's like his muse. Like it seems like she's like actively a, a political participant. Right. Uh, just I think that's from. Right. Yeah, I, I think it's not like it's not laid out on like the business end, like what she does for organizing, for example. But it's like it's pretty clear that she has a huge role in that. Not, yeah. uh, as as not as not just inspiration, but as like yeah, exactly. So inspiration and also and also active uh, a, a political agent as the phrase we've been saying in the podcast. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's great by, by Rick Boothby. Yeah. I just thought it was just a fascinating way to think about the logic of the repetition, right? Like the, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and why it, and and also the satisfaction that the ending provides, like why Mm -hmm. would it be satisfying even though there are all these seemingly dissatisfying elements to it. And I think Mm -hmm. it's because Mm -hmm. it has this, this real sense of like he's he's doing actively what was you know what he experienced as something that was done to him and he's doing it in a like he's making that sacrifice uh, central for him right and and it's it, the only way i you know what's making me realize Todd is that it's that this is the only ending that could have been political that's right that's right that's right if if like even if it, isn't it fascinating? Like, even if he said to her, okay, I'm, I, I'm like, I'm making the move to being a more political subject. You yeah. and I will let Victor go fight the war in his way. We're going to go off and join the resistance. Our, you know, that still yeah. would not have been the After same. a brief honeymoon. Right. You know, like, right. Right. Yeah. Right. It would have been absurd, but I think you're right. <laughs> even that would not have been as political. No. As what it, as the ending that it is. Right. Mm. Mm-hmm. Not because where I'm going, you can't follow or whatever he tells right, her, right? right like, right, right, right. no, it, but it, because they need that sense of loss inject, like that has to be central to the politics. Yeah. And I think that's, which I, which again is what, it's interesting how that, uh, that figure of magic pixie dream girl, the, mm-hmm. like the, the, the male subject relating to her is avoiding confronting the absence within, right? Like that, it's mm-hmm. just, you know, it's all just pr- his own projection of a kind of wild free spirit, whatever. Uh, and, and it, but the same is true politically. Like if you don't confront that fundamental absence, then you are mm-hmm. reduced to just an empirical political actor, right? You yeah, can't, right, you can't, right. you can't fundamentally confront these structural injustices or, or institutional problems, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I agree, I agree completely with that, and it follows the it follows the logic of um, of jouissance of enjoyment, which uh, like you know again it's it's that which it's that which does you some harm does some, you some harm some, right exactly yeah. exactly and, so, and I yeah no 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 I was just gonna say like like to 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 think yourself uh, politically like you uh, something I've I've been I, I know I've been saying this to you. Uh, uh, off air, which I like to say on the, because it always strikes me as really funny, because that just means like what, because you're my friend and I talk to you. So, but like what, like that, that <laughs> there is a tendency, um, uh, on the political left, which is you know where you and I find find ourselves, is that like to to be supportive of radical positions up until the point where you start to look like the villain, 
Right. And, right. and I think right. that that is where, you know, this is one of the reasons why we're banging on all, like all the time about like dialectics and, and, and enjoyment is that like you, you, you have to, you have to see the, you have to see the part politically where you're, maybe you're maybe the villain or the thing you're doing is maybe supporting villainy and maybe you have to do something else. And, uh, like, I think that's like, I like, like, isn't that what, what Rick does is that like, he realizes there is no neutrality, right? Like he, he, that is an absolute fiction that his being neutral only helps, uh, one side, even if people can come to his, uh, saloon and get, letters of transit or, or, or whatever that like he, he is still upholding the, uh, the oppressive side. That's right. The supposed That's right. neutrality. Right. So I like he has, still- to, he has to accept that, that his role in, uh, in, in, in tyranny basically. Right. That's right. That's right. He has to accept that he actually was on the side of the Nazis all that yeah. time. Yeah. And that's a kind of hard, that's a hard thing to accept. I do yeah. think, I, I really love that point. And I think his, you know, his, the fact that he owns a casino really, you know, bar and casino, I think is really important in that, in that way. Right. Because a casino is necessarily a conservative institution, right? Mm -hmm, Like it, mm -hmm. it, 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 it takes people who have less money and it distributes Mm -hmm. their money upward. Right. Like, like it's, it's like, if you're thinking about like, uh, I don't know, oppressive positions to occupy running mm-hmm. a casino is, is pretty high up there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it, it, yeah. And it's, isn't it only, isn't it only when he accidentally loses that he realizes he doesn't need the money and then he, he arranges the, he fixes the game, the roulette game for the couple that needs to leave. That's right. Like, that's right. You know, it, it's, it's, it's actually, it, it's so, that's a material loss that he had to accept right. to then right. later enact the political loss that will end the film. Or, or uh, yeah, no, no that's great. Loss. Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. I think that's a great point that, 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 that willingness to accept that material loss, like we said before, kind of presages mm-hmm. the political turn that he makes at the end of the film. After. Right. Where he, had, he, where he accepts, yeah. as we've just sort of laid out, he accepts that like, I was like, I was helping the Nazis running that place the way I was running it. Right. Like, like right. even, even, even though he, he wouldn't accept their money, he wouldn't let them come in. He tried to help like just the, the like his political neutrality and like everything that he could do. I love this line at the end of the H- HBO uh, Watchmen. Uh, I know you haven't seen it, but like about Dr. Manhattan who has like all this like world bending powers. Uh-huh. And this guy says about him for everything he could do, he could have done a lot more. <laughs> and, and I, I, it's just, it's, it's really, really nice. Uh, the, it's the, funny. Cause it, it, do you know, do you know, in breaking bad, Hank says about, Gail Bedecker when he thinks he's the genius. He oh, yeah. says, it's terrible. Like a mind like that, he could have done so much good in the world. Mm. You know, like like the idea mm-hmm. that he spent it trying to master cooking meth. I think that's an yeah. inter- I think about that a lot about people, right? Like, you know, like you're like, what are you using that for? Right? Mm-hmm. Like, what mm-hmm. do you, you know, why what I mean, drug manufacturer clearly is probably one of the yeah. one of the worst things, but yeah. But even like there's a lot of things like where, you know, you're like, well, like think about people that, um, you know, like are able to master the way trading works on, mm-hmm. on the stock, you know, and like and then and then but like 
Like, really? Like, you're using your great mathematical skills at that? Like, I, I often think about that when I watch that film. I like the film a lot, um, Big Short. Oh, yeah. And, mm-hmm. and the Christian Bale character is like this mathematical whiz, mm-hmm. and he's he's basically invested all of his intellect on on estimating when the American, the world economy is going to be destroyed and people are, everyone's mm-hmm. going to be thrown out of their houses, et cetera. Right. Like, and as the, uh, and, and the, and his, and even now, like his big thing is uh water. Uh, is that true? Like, the same that that guy, actual true. guy, same guy. Yeah. 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 Not yeah. Christian Bale, Christian Bale, not Christian Bale. Not <laughs> no, no, I don't, I don't to, to not besmirch the uh, uh, political intelligence of Christian Bale uh, himself. Uh, no, the guy who he's playing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. His, his thing, his thing in the same way that it was the housing. So market. he's shorting water now. He thinks, well, like, I don't know that, I don't, I don't think it's he's shorting water, but he th- like he's invested in next, water. He's invested right. in water. Is that that's like the next like that's the next you. market that people don't want to think about that where I mean there's going to be scary. I mean you're I mean already seeing it here. You know where I live. Uh, where you live. That's right. You know. But don't you think? Um, I mean, in a yeah. way, like that's exactly what the film is against, right? Like this guy who retreats into his. When you say the film, do you mean The Big Short or Casablanca? I meant Casablanca. Casablanca. Big okay. Short, I think, is ambiguous. Like, I, I, I think that's politically, uh, un, it's a confused film politically. But mm. um, mm-hmm. for the just because he's the hero of the film. Yeah, no, no I, I see. The, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think um, it, tr- it tries to make Steve Carell the, the, but it's not. But he's got I, the I, same. I, he's got a similar problem, right? Like yeah. he's making millions off of this, uh, you know, world historical collapse. Anyway, so, but I mm-hmm. think Casablanca really has a sense of this, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, I think that Rick has a, Rick understands what his complicity, as mm-hmm. you said, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. he, he realizes that he's got to cut into himself in yeah. order to act politically. And that's, yeah. I think that's, you know, that's underlying what Rick Boothby was mm-hmm. saying, and I think that's really the key to the film. And again, I think that's the, and I think this, I think it's what converts Louis, right? Like Louis, yeah, yeah, like yeah, Louis absolutely. is drawn, it's Louis's drawn not to what Rick can gain mm-hmm. from what he's done, but from the act of loss itself, which is why that's what he repeats, right? Like the jettisoning, yeah. I mean, obviously losing a bottled water isn't the greatest. It's not like no, sacrificing no. the love of your life. But um, it's a synecdoche for giving up. It is, up exactly, the, exactly. Yeah, the, like the, he has the, to give up yeah. a lot, right? Like all yeah. these women he's fucking, all this, all <laughs> yeah. this, uh, you know, true. the power in there. The, the, the He lives a kind of nice life, whatever. He just gives it all up. And, you know, like, I mean, if he's out there in the desert with the free French, he probably won't even have a a decent bathroom like that's like yeah. just like on just on a practical level he's giving up quite a bit when he throws the water down so i feel mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. and again i think it's what he's drawn to is the sacrifice not the oh this is what we can gain by it and i think mm-hmm. that i think we under we universal underestimate mm-hmm. the appeal of that kind of sacrifice for in politics by and we try to yeah. we try to organize politics around interest and like oh look how yeah. this is going to like you know we haven't yet explained enough how this program is going to benefit people's interest well that's not why they're drawn to that's not why they're being no. drawn to it they're mm-hmm, drawn to mm-hmm, it because mm-hmm. of the form of sacrifice that you've set up for them right like that's mm-hmm. the or that they establish for themselves like that that's what politics is i think and so mm-hmm. and that's what Rick Booth be tied to enjoyment or jouissance in the film. I think it's 
I think it's interesting because we we've, we talk a lot about like what's what is the uh, what from the position from the position of uh, psychoanalytic theory and, and continental philosophy that we you know practice and work through on the podcast. Like what does uh, and and, all, and just for the show, like what does like like left like uh, politics look like? Uh, right, is I think a good question. Yeah, we like, think we, about that all the time. People email time. me th- that question all the time. Right? <laughs> yeah, I think that it's yeah. it's really I I like a lot um, that uh, Casablanca is a concrete answer. Have you ever written that? Like, have you ever written? No, that? I'm, just, no, 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 no. But I do think that's right. I think it's right yeah. that Casablanca is. So it's interesting that Rick said he came up with the theory after. So he he looked at a draft of my new book called Enjoying Right and Left. And mm. so he was like trying to think of him for himself exactly what you're talking about. Like what is a yeah. good concrete example of leftist enjoyment? And he's mm-hmm. like, this is it. He goes, put this in your, and then of course I can't now because <laughs> it's, it's his idea. But um, well, 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 at least we we're able to do a podcast episode about it. So it's uh, somewhat uh, tangentially related to the po- to the, the project. Right. So right, uh, the book right. project that is. Um, yeah. That's pretty good. Um, no, but I think, I think that's it, really... Yeah, yeah go, go, ahead. go ahead. No, 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 no. You, you go. You go. I was just going to say that I think the... I, I, I find the ending, this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. I, I think that's... Mm. It's interesting how that gets read. Um, and I think that's fine, like through queer theory as this like... Yeah. Like he, he dumps the woman to get with the guy. But uh, <laughs> it, it is... And maybe that there's something, you know, in the politicization that leads in that direction. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I think that that, to me, like they're walking, they're, they're like, they're walking off into the, like it's very foggy, right? Like they're walking. Mm-hmm. And so it's, again, I think it's an embrace of we're walking into this point of absence, right? Like we're mm. we're giving up everything behind us, the security of Casablanca, and we walk into this fog where we don't know what's going how to orient ourselves. And again, I think that's the kind of it seems like that's the mode of political uh engagement and in- political yeah. enjoyment that the mm-hmm. film is really proffering. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I do th- I do think that like um I do think that y- that you can um I th- I think that the like the 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 queer theory reading of that is, is like also like supports the, the the case that that we've been making because like they're they're not walking off to uh to reproduction uh, to put it that way right like it's 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 That's not what make it's Lee not, Edelman happy yeah that would make <laughs> Lee Edelman happy to, to to say something like that yeah, yeah. but but yeah no it's not it's 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 not reproductive futurity that they're walking off into it's right. like so it's it's this like um but he wouldn't yeah, be so happy it, because it is to political action that's right? like, that's true so yeah, so it, right. so so which which is kind of where I, I think I, I know you and Lee are friends but and, and but I think like you and I are, are this is like where we depart from Lee like politically right. speaking right. Uh, on on right. that so like I think that like I, like if this film is the example then that like and and I think that 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 makes it uh intriguing I think to to include that sort of like homoerotic reading and to and to put the like the queerness into the political potential as well right right for at, sure. at the end of the film I like for it a sure. lot right yeah right yeah. I don't think that right I I mean it, it is interesting that Louis you could one thing else that you could say is that Louis is a little like it's a safer relationship for him. It's than true, Ilsa, right? Like that. That is. Well, let's just say if I was a woman 
And I was, you know, as he says earlier in the film, right? That's right. Rick is the kind of Rick's the kind of man <laughs> that you know, like it's it's just yeah. I think you're right. Which like, supports the uh, queer reading, by the way. Of it course. certainly does, and yeah. and I think you are right to say that it's much safer. I mean, like it's pretty much unconditional affection from uh, right. from Louis, right? Yeah, right. yeah. Um, and with Ilsa, you have this, you know, because he didn't really know her. He still didn't right. even really That's know right. her. That's <laughs> right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And she, you know. Um, yeah, I find it just I find it fascinating that she that that she like of course the film is about Rick, right? Like he's the protagonist. Yeah. But mm-hmm. don't you think that it is a there's an argument for it being a feminist film because it, it in a way centers around her desire. Yeah. Right? Like sure. not about like don't you think that mo like we were talking before when we were just talking about this film about is this? It's almost a film noir, and I want to bring mm. up the. I want you to bring up the fact. Oh that you yeah, know I'll bring up the film. thing. Sure, sure, um, sure. Yeah, I said but, I wasn't going to do film history, but we'll, yeah, yeah, but this we'll is kind of it's that. interesting. Yeah, um, yeah. But I think that it, this is way it's in this way it's kind of anti film noir because it's about mm. not about the desire of the detective or the male figure, mm-hmm. but it's about mm-hmm. the woman's desire totally. And yeah, film noir usually isn't about that. Right, like film noir, usually you kind of know what the the femme fatale is a figure of, like it's she's not an ambiguous figure, she's no. a figure of lethal enjoyment, right? Like that's just it. Yeah, so, it's, yeah. Todd, Todd, this is I think um, Kathy Green, right, from Out of the Past. Is it yeah. Green? Okay, uh, yeah. Isn't no. it Kathy Moffat? Moffat. Why do I think Green? That's funny. Uh, uh, but so, oh, because it's not. Nah, mind. Doesn't matter. Uh, doesn't matter. Yeah. The the Okay, so Jane Greer. That's why you were Jane Greer. Maybe I did green. that. That's yeah, an interesting yeah, yeah, yeah. misfire. So yeah. the she isn't allowed as as we talk about like uh, she's not allowed to be contradictory, and that's the right. sexist thing. She's she's like she came to me. I, I, I'm I'm maybe messing up the line. Like she came to me like a kid out of school, or like she came to me like school was out. Like where yeah. she like this innocence to their relationship earlier in the film, and then she kills a man, and she is just like pure evil after that. Right. So she's I'm no not good and neither are you. That's what she says. Yeah, yeah. right, 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 right. So she's no, self-consciously so no good. I mean, who, who is like he, that, right? <laughs> right? That's true. It's yeah. true. So whereas, like, like Ilsa's characterization is, like, all about, like, her being contradictory. Right. You know, like, right. as as, mu- right. as much, uh, it, uh, if not more than sort of Rick's characterization. Uh, interesting fact, um, I Well, can I just say was, one more thing about oh, that? Because yeah, I yeah, think yeah. that... I think that the fundamental tenet of patriarchal sexist society is that the mm-hmm. woman cannot be contradictory. Yes. Right. Yes. That's the, that's just it. Like you're not allowed to be contradictory. I mean, I think this is like seventies feminism. There's some problems with it, but I think this was a really great insight of like Jermaine Greer, Shulamus Firestone and people like that. So anyway, mm. no, 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 absolutely. I mean, I, I think uh, the, Oh, what I was going to tell you was that, Humphrey Bogart's uh, wife at the time thought that uh, he was having an affair with uh, Ingrid Bergman. In, in, yeah, Ingrid Bergman. So they didn't practice any of their lines like together <laughs> ever. ever. Wow. So I so and I think that that's one of those things <laughs> that's that I think makes their on camera relationship even like even better. Yeah, it does. Uh, wow. Because they they really they were literally like the times that they saw each other or like on set. Like the characters in the film, was the first time they were seeing each other, you and know? they did, like, they had never worked together before. I don't think. 
I think that's correct. Yeah, I think yeah, that's yeah. right. That's yeah. It. Yeah. Uh, what, yeah, one one more fact before I get to the thing that you brought up that you wanted me to mention is that they're um, in that uh, I'm not the the uh, when the woman Le Marseillaise is that I'm not saying it right La Marseillaise yeah okay in that scene the they didn't realize this intentionally but like uh, some of the named the characters and and also a number of the extras really were political. Uh, refugees wow. from Eastern Europe. Yeah. A That's number interesting. Of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah about so they thousand, didn't do that uh, intentionally. They didn't do it. Int- the, yeah, no. The char- like that. The when she cries, like she really cried. Like the, she wasn't told to. Like it. Like really. Um, yeah, yeah. That was what oh, I read Brian, last night. You're, this is all full of film history facts. What is <laughs> misleading advertising at the beginning of this? <laughs> I'm podcast? sorry. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah. So speaking of the director. And, um, and film history. Here we go. And film history. Again. Yeah. So Howard Hawks, I think I saw this in a piece on IndieWire. Howard, Howard Hawks, Hawks are both of our, for both of us, the great Hollywood, classical Hollywood director, I think. Yes. Right? Do you that, agree? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that, that okay. is, that's true, true, true for me. Yeah, I think he's, it's, it's funny because I think, like, you and I both think, you and I both think that people don't talk enough about Howard Hawks. Like, I mean, and I also, people talk about him more than they talk about Michael Curtis. So I think that there's something to, us having done two Michael Curtis films on this podcast, right? We've done White Christmas and now. Uh, oh, that's right, White yeah. Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, but I was anyway, trying to the, think: did we do? Did we? Do, what did we do? <laughs> yeah, there you go, White Christmas. <laughs> but um, so Howard Hawks said, uh, it's, "It's I don't I don't know when this was exactly." The IndieWire article didn't make, that I saw didn't make it clear, but in an interview, he said that he and Michael Curtis had lunch in. I it would have had to have been 1942 uh, at some point. No, was and, you think it's 42 or it had, when? When did Sergeant York come out? Um, I'll look at that as I'm telling the story. So, uh, so as uh, so as to keep the forward motion of the podcast, just like Casablanca, which is always moving toward the uh, quite exciting conclusion. Uh, so, uh, they were having lunch and talking about the films they were on, Sergeant York's 41, by the way. So it had to have been earlier than that. So like 1940, yeah. or, or so it must have been 41, I guess. Um, and that they were talking about the projects they were working on or, or yeah. going to work on, and they described them to each other. And Hawks said that he was well, he was supposed to be doing Casablanca, and Curtis was supposed to be doing Sergeant York, and they realized they'd be better for each other's films, and so they just sw- switched. And I think that's kind of, I think that's incredible. And, uh, like, I, I, I think, uh, do you that, think like, they were right to, to switch? Well, uh, well, I mean, yeah, I think so. I guess you can't I don't know. complain about how you can't complain. And it right. would be, yeah. But it's also, I think that Sergeant York is not his masterpiece. No, it's certainly not the masterpiece. No, I mean, like. Do you, do you, do we both think it's bringing up baby or do you think it's something? I think it's bringing up baby. I think bringing okay. up baby is one of the greatest films ever made. Yeah. Okay. okay. Although I think there's uh, a lot. I mean, with Hawks, there's a lot to choose from. I think the 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 only the, angels the, have wings. Yeah, I was just gonna say the airplane one is pretty great too. That's great. Yeah. And Big Sleep obviously is 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 phenomenal. Yeah. So yeah, I, I his girl Friday and Red River and the westerns right. are amazing too. Yeah. Like Rio Bravo is incredible. Red River is incredible. I mean. Yeah, mm. his girl Friday. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, but I think bring a, I think the bring up baby's the most radical one. Yeah, I think, the, I think so too. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. I think he. So he's he to now to talk about Hawks. <laughs> very briefly said it wasn't a history. But he said he said that um, he wished that he had one normal character in Bring Up Baby because it was like all too like screwy. Every, 
Yeah, yeah but I I disagree. I disagree with him. No, <laughs> like, for one I think, thing, isn't 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 Carrie? I mean, she's not in it that much, but isn't Cary Grant's fiance? Yes, yes. she's radically for, normal, right? Like she's totally for, normal character. Yeah, well, and also it has to be like I think that because that everyone, leopard, <laughs> I, the le- yeah, I mean, was the leopard like I, I think yeah, no one was no one's. I mean, that leopard had to act, so right, it was right. very under much under control. Right. The but but I think it's like I mean, what's going on in that film obviously is like you know, Cary Grant's character like has to undergo a complete like logical and like, uh, like ethical shift. And the only way to do that, I think the film makes the argument is through this, like just absolute like uh nonsense, like whackery. And it ends, I mean, it's just like, like if people were, if, if someone else I think was normal in the movie, I think it makes it mean less when he says, I love you, I think, which is, I just like, what a, what a unbelievable line. Yeah. And then she, like like she destroys his life achievement. I mean, that's true love, right? Like that's true love. And that's why it has to be, that's why that film had to be wacky because he had to accept that as not a destruction of his life's work, but as the, like, as that was like finally the thing where, where he that says, freedom. cause it's right after that that he says, I love you. I think yeah, I know right? it's after like, that. I know, I know, yeah, but that yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. The, the connection between Casablanca and, and Rick Boothby's reading of Casablanca, right? Like it's through that like act of sacrificial destruction. Yeah. Although, and so yes. he has to read that as mm. his own destroying of the statue, not her mm-hmm. that she's done it to him. Right. Like the I think that's clavicle. <laughs> right. So I think that that, I mean, David, I, I, Sorry. I wanted to, <laughs> I'd like to think of those two films in parallel, not Sergeant York and Casablanca, even though no, that no. would be nicer. But I think those two, I think Bring Up Baby and Casablanca do kind of fit together. I do think it's interesting to think about how Hawks would have, you said to me earlier that he would have noirized it even more. I think, I think probably that's probably, I mean, yeah. I think it's right. Because there are the pieces of it in the movie. And I think that yeah. you're, I think it's, it's um maybe, it's it's probably like, I don't know what was there from when uh, Hawks was, you know, like allegedly working like on the film or designing it or coming up with the scenario or how it was going to be. But like, I think the, um, if, ah, to go back to bring a baby, if the skeleton of the script was in place and then Curtis (laughs) stepped in, I think that he worked within the noir frame to, um, make the, the, like the thing about the, the noir is that, like, because of the, the like, injunction of the code, it was hard for them to be radical, like, in the end, specifically, because right, if you committed right. a crime, you had to pay for you it by the end of the movie. Right, right. Yeah, that was just a dictate of the, the Hayes Code at the time. So I think that where this exceeds what is thinkable in most noir setups... Is that is, they're not punished. Exactly, they're not punished. Because Rick does kill someone, but he kills a Nazi. Right. right? So... Right. Right. So, and, and then the, Louis covers up the crime, which is also a crime. It is a crime, but, right. You know, so, and then they, uh, w- uh, walk off, uh, into the, uh, the, 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 the moon, <laughs> the, 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 the ambiguous moonlight, right. Yeah. To, yeah. uh, for, to, to seek, uh, or, uh, to, to seek their, their kind of like newly found like political, uh, like political activist identities. And I, right. and that, that is, uh, I, I, can't really I don't I can't even really think of a noir that that could come close to doing couldn't do like it. that no couldn't but again that that's just like because of the structure and, and the way that those those some of those right. films had to be made right the, so, the only way you can get away with something similar maybe is like Laura where the mm-hmm. villain is not the 
femme fatale, and she's not really yeah. a femme fatale. She's kind of adjacent, right? Like yeah. Jean Tierney in that film. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I think mostly it, you, you don't get it anything like that. Mm, mm. Yeah. Well, um, well, now, well, the lesson has to be mm-hmm. obvious, right? Because I don't think we've ever had this to be the the lesson before. But it has to be watch bringing a baby, right? Like that. <laughs> yes. Nicely yeah. done. Yeah. I think that's yeah. true. I don't think we've had that as a lesson before. That's I was going to suggest another Claude Rains, Ingrid Bergman film, but I, I like Ooh. bringing up baby. Oh, which one? one? Oh, you, I was going to leave it unsaid, but it, I, notorious. 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 Yeah, of course. Which is my yeah. favorite Alfred yeah. Hitchcock film. Yeah. As it was Francois Truffaut's. So I'm mm. in, oh, in good company that. about that. And, and, and Truffaut good. also thought Hawks was the greatest Hollywood director. So. However, yeah. he thought you could not make an anti-war film. He did. He did say that. He did yeah, say he that. Did say that. Yeah. yeah. He said every so, war film is a is a pro-war film. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And uh, I think that was our, our our claim was our claim in White Christmas that was that uh, it was not. But I think you you do have to. I, I think that that well maybe there's something that we could get to in the next episode on the position of enunciation. Right. 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 Yeah. Right. All right, Ryan. Over and out. <laughs> Over and out, Todd.